When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Podcast Network. I'm your host, the freewheeling Rob Kelly. And despite the intro, uh, this episode will not be about a specific Bob Dylan song with a specific guest. Rather, this is going to be sort of a sum up episode, which I'm calling the Year in Bob. We're going to be talking about the Dylan related events of 2017. Plus, we're going to be doing a whole ton of listener feedback. So let's just get started. Um, first off, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is, of course, Bob Dylan released a new album in 2017, which was Triplicate, a triple album. Uh, continuing his experimentation with uh, the sort of Great American Songbook and singing a lot of old-timey standards, a lot of Frank Sinatra songs stuff. And uh, the review I gave to the album at the time was – I had a very similar reaction to uh, what I had to the previous two albums, uh, Fallen Angels and Shadows in the Night, where I'm just not totally on board uh, with this in terms of like I'm, I'm enjoying it as I'm listening to it, but it's just not something that – uh, I think I'm going to like listen to a lot of as I go as it goes on. And now that I've had triplicate for three quarters of the year now, um, my opinion is basically the same. Um, I, it's just not a, an album. I re- albums I return to a lot. There's a couple of really fun things. I love Braggin, the cover of Braggin. He does it, I guess, on disc two of the three discs that I really like. And I sort of worked that into my playlist, my big Dylan mix playlist. Uh, but none of these albums are anything particularly that I'm just – that I want to dig out and, and play again. Um, so maybe over time and with more time, it'll, it'll, they'll, they'll, they'll gain some more resonance with me. I will say, uh, and I said this at the time, um, when I saw the concert, the two live concert, two live concert, of course it's a live concert. What else could it be? The two concerts I've seen of, of Dylan. I actually think, uh, these old standards work better in concert in some ways. I think he's really been able to put those across and despite my sort of mixed reaction to the studio albums, um, I'd actually be on board for a Dylan live album consisting of these covers. I think uh, there's a passion he's really bringing to these in in the in concert that I feel in some ways is almost missing a little on the on the albums. So um, if Bob ever wanted to do a live album of of all the standards of like some of the best of the best, I would be totally on board for that. I mean, look, there isn't going to be a Bob Dylan album that I'm not going to buy. But uh, I would actually be really excited to hear that now, whether that's something Sony would ever release, who knows. But uh, I've really been impressed with how he's been able to, to really captivate the audience and, and really put those songs across in concert. So uh, it might be something that uh, it just works better live or something like that. So, uh, But anyway, I'm still very grateful that I get to say in 2017 there are still new Bob Dylan albums. And in fact, he's put out a new album – uh, every year for the past three years, and if you want to count Triplicate as a three albums, that's five albums in three years. It's extraordinary output for a seventy-six-year-old uh, man. So thank you, Bob, and uh, you know I'd love to see what's next. Maybe there's more covers. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll all find out. Of course, as I mentioned, I saw Bob live uh, this year for the twenty-second time. I saw him in Philadelphia with my pal Daniel Eaker. And that was uh, that's always great fun. Um, I never tire of just sort of checking in with Bob. You know, some, there were times where I've seen him multiple times a year, but 
money being what it is and the fact that Bob sort of isn't or doesn't play like residencies. He kind of shows up once or twice and then he moves on to the next town. I basically just see him once a year when he comes around. And, and like I said, it was great fun. I love seeing the shows with Dan. We've been doing it for 25 years now. And being in the room with Bob Dylan is, is a thrill that um, cannot be replaced. It will, it will, it's always remained special to me. And so, uh, uh, it, you know, I wouldn't even I wouldn't put the show at like my top five greatest Bob Dylan concerts I've ever seen, but it was still uh, a, a really a real lot of fun. It always is, and when Bob comes around next year, uh, I will go see him then, and hopefully I'll get to do it with Dan. Uh, the other big event, I guess, was the Bootleg Series release, Bootleg Series Volume Thirteen, Trouble No More, which covered the quote unquote Christian era uh, from 1979 to 1981, and I had mentioned on Twitter. I'm a little bothered by how Sony chooses to release these things because they put out like a bare bones set, which was like two CDs for $20 and then like a 10 CD collection for $180. Why can't they have a middle ground? Why does it have to be either virtually nothing or this mega deluxe thing with like a booklet and a movie? And I don't I, that stuff doesn't, I want to hear the material now. Trouble No More is available on iTunes. Uh, you can buy all all the CDs for eighty dollars, and that is you know that is a midway point. But I actually like owning the physical object. I really am not big on owning physical objects anymore. But I have every Bob Dylan record uh, on CD, and I like having them. And so I really wish I could buy this box set as just a CD. But I again, one hundred eighty dollars a little too rich for my blood. I did buy a couple of songs off iTunes, um, mostly unreleased songs, which is the thing I, I tend to be most interested in. I bought a live uh, version uh, of Precious Angel. I bought uh, Blessed is the Name, another Dylan song that's sort of just never been released. An alternate version of Caribbean Wind, uh, a soundcheck song called Help Me Understand, uh, a rehearsal song called Stand by Faith, a live version of another Dylan original, I Will Love Him, uh, yet another version of Caribbean Wind, and then a live version of Ain't Gonna Go to Hell for Anybody, uh, which is an, another uh, unreleased Dylan song from this period. And I liked all that stuff that I got. The two alternate versions of Caribbean Wind still don't match the one that I have in bootleg form, which I've yet to cover on the show. I have to get to that because it is, I would put it on like my top five favorite Dylan songs of all time. And I'm still waiting for that to show up in a bootleg series, that particular version. I, I just absolutely love it. It just means the world to me. But I like these alternate versions. I mean, it's a masterpiece of a song that Dylan clearly just couldn't get a handle on. I think he even said as much uh, during interviews around that time. And he eventually just let it go because he could never get it to where it wanted to be. I think the version, that, the one um, that's referred to in some books as the stop-start arrangement, uh, is the one I think is the, the best version of the four. And it's, again, it's just a startling song. But I like these alternative versions. I liked uh, Stand By Faith and I Will Love Him and Blessed Is The Name. They were all good songs, uh, nothing totally transformational. Oh, I also bought uh, Making a Liar. That's another uh, unreleased song. And that one I liked quite a bit. That was actually really very good. And that should have found its way to an album uh, one way or the other, whether on Saved or on Slow Train Coming or whenever it is he recorded it. That's a... That's a terrific song. So, uh, And I like Ain't Go to Hell for Anybody. That's another terrific song. It works really well live. My one criticism, I guess I have a couple of main, but my one, my one main criticism of this bootleg series is it cuts off at 81 when Dylan was still recording Christian sort of material into 81, 82 for Shot of Love, Every Grain of Sand, certainly. And if anything, 
the Shot of Love sessions represent one of Dylan's most fertile songwriting periods. I have a bootleg of, I think, 15 to 20 unreleased Dylan songs. Some are half-finished. Some are, uh, the tune is finished, but the words aren't worked out. But he had, some are just instrumentals, but he was cranking out songs uh, at a rate that he had not done since the basement tapes days. And that material is still unreleased. I guess they figured they couldn't get that much more onto one bootleg series release. So I would love to hear another bootleg series just on that that whole section of the stuff from Shot of Love. And in fact, there's a song he did during the Shot of Love sessions called Magic, which I absolutely love. It's this wonderfully upbeat tune. It's hard to make out the words because I think he doesn't have them all finished and he's kind of just rolling around sounds in his mouth during some of the lines. But And um, and the bootleg I have is, is not particularly high quality, so it's really hard to make out. But man, I really love it. That is one of my favorite unreleased Dylan songs and I'd love to get that in, a, in an official capacity. So... You know, they seem to be releasing these Bootleg Series sets like every year at this point, so I'd love to find out what's next. I think it's, I think I'd heard rumors that it might be the Blood on the Track sessions, which would, that one I'd have to find the money to buy no matter how expensive they make it because that's, uh, that's my favorite thing. So that's, uh, that's Trouble No More. It's some interesting stuff, and I'm going to be cherry picking more and more material out of the iTunes, what's on available on iTunes as we go. Uh, so now uh, I'm going to move on to uh, the year in Pod Dylan, the, the, the show uh, specifically. Uh, I have a list of people I want to thank that were my guests in 2017, which are Spencer Brainridge, Pat Butler, Nick Kalil, Ben Caldwell, Trevor Dawson, Ryan Daly, Dan Eaker, Bob Fisher, Stephen Geyer, Eric Gilland, Corey Hodgton, John Lamoureux, Jared Scott London, Mike Peacock, Gratian Souse, Brennan Smith, Daniel Stefanski, Hank Wellman, and of course, Joan Osborne, who was kind enough to do an interview with me to talk about her Dylan Covers album, which was an extraordinary thrill to get to Joan, Joan Osborne, and I, I really uh, am really very touched that she did my little show. That was that was just the, the highlight of my, my 2017, getting to talk to her. So, In terms of the albums we covered, uh, we talked about songs from Blonde on Blonde, Blood on the Tracks, Desire, Empire Burlesque, The Freewheel and Bob Dylan, Highway 61 Revisited, Infidels, John Wesley Harding, Knocked Out Loaded, Love and Theft, Modern Times, New Morning, and Time Out of Mind. Plus, we talked about some singles, George Jackson, and Things Have Changed. Also, the Letterman appearance from 1984. And, of course, we did the Tom Petty tribute show with Chris Franklin, Max Romero, and John Trumbull. So, a nice cross-section of Bob albums, ranging all the way from the early 60s to very recent. So, I'm always happy about that. There are still some albums that we have yet to get to at all, any songs from. And I, I want to, like, I don't really worry about that too much, but I would love to get some songs represented, some of these albums represented from, from albums that we haven't gotten to yet. So, uh, that's something to look forward to in, in 2018. And now I'm going to move on to uh, listener feedback. I haven't been doing listener feedback regularly. I should do it more. I, I like it when I get responses from feedback I leave on other shows. So I imagine people would like it when I do it. And it's just something that I'm lazy. And it's a lot of work to sort of compile the feedback and make like a special section. So uh, I kind of wait till, to, to group it all. And so I didn't mean to wait this long. Uh, so my apologies, everybody, but we're going to go through it uh, bit by bit here. Uh, I'm not going to read every comment we got, but I'm going to pick one comment from each show where we uh, got feedback. Uh, I will mention everybody that did leave a comment because I do appreciate it. So we're starting off with uh, from the last time I did feedback was uh, ended with pod deal number 34. So we're going to start here with pod deal number 35, which was stuck inside of Mobile with the Memphis Blues again. I got comments from Ryan Daly. Producer, executive producer, excuse me, David Ace Gutierrez and Chris Franklin. Ryan Daly says, 
I've always interpreted the line to be stuck inside of Mobile with the Memphis Blues again to be Bob's way of saying wrong place, wrong time. That is the only part of the song I've ever attempted to decode. This is one I won't even make the effort to explicate, but it's a really, really good song. Yes, it is, Ryan. Uh, it's a song you can really dig deep into and find more and more new things to understand about. Uh, Poddell number 37, which was Hurricane. We've got comments from Ryan Daly, Chris Franklin. And Pat Daly, I wonder if there's any relation to Ryan, who says, a terrific song from a great album. Desire was the follow-up to possibly my favorite album, Blood on the Tracks. Me too, Pat. It has a different sound from anything he ever did and had a bunch of descriptive songs that sound like each song could be made into a movie. I still love it. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I think that was actually part of the idea. Part, I think a lot of the songs he did on Desire were, were co-written with uh, Jacques Levy, and I think the idea was to write movie-type songs. I mean, uh, Black Diamond Bay and uh, Oh Sister, Romance in Durango, they definitely have kind of a movie feel to them. And especially the opening to Hurricane with the uh, pistol shots ring out at a barroom night. That's a, that's a hell of an opener for a movie or a song. So thank you, everybody, for the comments. Poddill number 39 covered the Letterman 1984 live appearance. We've got comments from Phil Bender, Chris Franklin, Brian Anthony, and Josh Perry, who says, I've listened to your podcast from the beginning, but this is my first time commenting. I love your show. Thanks for putting it out there. This show is by far my favorite one you've done. In fact, I think periodically, per- periodically it would be a nice change of pace to break from the song analysis and do live performances or even live shows in their entirety. This would be an endless since he changes arrangements so often. Also, is it just me or does his version of Don't Start Me Talking sound an awful lot like the way he sings The Groom Still Waiting at the Altar, the pacing of the verses and whatnot? Anyway, great job and thanks again. Thank you, Josh. In terms of covering a whole live show, that I don't know. That... You know, we did kind of, Danny and I kind of did that on the episode uh, where we went back and talked about the show we just visited. But my, that might be a biting off more than I could chew. But, but occasionally covering some live songs, that's absolutely uh, up for grabs. And in fact, uh, I have made plans with one guest to talk about a, a live cover that Bob did. It's one of my favorite things. So that's something we'll get to. And yeah, I agree. Don't, his cover of Don't Start Me Talking does sound like Groom Still Waiting at the Altar, which he had done just in the previous album, the aforementioned uh, Shot of Love. So nice catch, and, and thank you for the comments. Pod Dylan number 40, which was Po' Boy, got a comment from Eric Gilliland, who says, Hey, Rob, I agree with you on Triplicate. There are some great moments, and I like it when the songs get more upbeat. There does seem to be more of an epic feel to Triplicate, as if the previous two LPs were a mere build-up to it. Clearly, there are some themes running through these songs, with each disc given its own title. What is Bob saying to us? I'm still thinking about it, and will be for years to come. That's the way it works with Dylan albums. But my initial impression is these songs are hardly light diversions. There are deep themes that seem to revolve around the passage of time, memory, and meaning out of mystery. The final track, Why Was I Born, is the ultimate question for all of us, I suppose. Anyway, the record is growing on me, and I like the universe of these songs. One more point in relation to Love and Theft and Triplicate. Dylan was asked about living in a post-9-11 world, and he replied, People will have to change their internal world in one of his most cryptic statements. Maybe Triple Kid is putting that idea into practice. Maybe so, Eric. It's, uh, some interesting thoughts regarding that album. Again, I need to go back and, and re-listen to like all three of these albums and sort of see how they they age with me now. Maybe maybe in a, a little while to give that a shot. Pod Dylan number 41. We talked about Lily, Rosemary, and the Jack of Hearts. We've got comments from Ryan Daly, executive producer David Gutierrez, Ted, and Hicks, which is Paul Hicks from the Waiting for Doom podcast, and he says, Never heard the song, but the enthusiasm for the story and speculation were good listening. Thank you, Paul. Pod Dylan, number 43, which is Ballad of a Thin Man, got a comment from Ashford. He says, You guys are doing a service here. I can't say that I'm a Dylan fan. Much like people who are Shakespeare history buffs, they don't know all. 
They know quite a bit about their favorite bits. I have only heard three albums of Dylan in their entirety. However, I've heard those songs maybe a hundred times each. Someone, sometimes one song is like a full-blown album to me. At times, I am floored by a line, leaving me to have to stay on one song before I can move on to the next song or album. I heard this song later in life at a cafe called Agave. It captured my attention like all the characters in the song. Your conversation about Ballad of a Thin Man was both entertaining and informative. Thanks. Thank you, Ashford. Uh, it's interesting that we listen to a, a podcast about Bob Dylan when you only have a couple albums. And I love the idea that this song came over uh, like the radio or something in a, in a cafe called Agave. That's a very sort of Dylan-esque type sound. That sounds, uh, that sounds really cool. Uh, Pod Dylan number 45, which was uh, about Mississippi from Love and Theft. Got comments from Ryan Daly. Chris Franklin, and Mr. Wrong, who says, Good show. It's refreshing to hear people talk about something they love. Well, thank you, Mr. Wrong, and that is the whole point of the show. I love Bob Dylan every possible way, and uh, that sounded weird. But I, I love his work in every possible way, and that's what the show is all about. So, thank you. Uh, Pod Dylan number 48, we covered Things Have Changed. Simple comment from Paul Hicks, Australia! I guess he was very happy to know that Bob was singing from Australia when he, when he appeared on the Oscars. Uh, Pod Dylan number 50, where we talked about Time Out of Mind at 20 years old with Ryan Daly. Got comments from David S. Gutierrez, Chris Franklin, and Professor Allen, who says, possible insight into trying to get to heaven, or at least the source of that title. One of the churches that Dylan was part of in California in the late 70s and early 80s is connected to the church that I've been involved with for 25 years. The founder of the church regularly referred to himself as just a fat man trying to get to heaven. That man passed away in late 1997 after battling cancer for a number of years. Perhaps Dylan knew about the man's sickness when he was putting these songs together and remembered that expression, or maybe he heard it enough during his involvement in the church that it just naturally came out of him. But I certainly guess that was, certainly guess that was the source of the title. That's really fascinating, Alan. That's, uh, you know, you never know where Bob's pulling this stuff from. It's, uh, that's entirely possible. That, that's great. Thank you so much for that information. Uh, we got comments on the uh, Pod Dylan episode where I interviewed Joan Osborne, of course. We got comments from David Is Gutierrez, who helped put it together. Uh, the Irredeemable Shag, who I co-host several podcasts with. And Chris Franklin, who says, fantastic job, Rob. The insight into the processes behind making this album and in making music in general was fascinating. Ms. Osborne sounds like a genuinely nice and engaging person. Yes, she was as I assume she would be. Great job on David, too, for helping make it happen. Yes, uh, I thanked David very much on the show for helping it, uh, putting that show together, but it really was all him, and so uh, he deserves uh, a lot of the thanks for, for making that work. He's, he's very aggressive about trying to make Pod Dylan as good as possible, and sometimes he's a pain in the ass about it, but I, I do appreciate it because he wants to make the show better, and that's great. I, I love him for it. Regarding the tribute to Tom Petty episode, we got comments from Chris Franklin, who was part of the episode, David S. Gutierrez again, Michael Lane, and Brian Linton, who says, Thank you and your guests for putting this one together. I don't consider myself a big Tom Petty fan, but his music often seemed to be there in the background of my life, and I was saddened to hear of his passing. He had a unique sound that I appreciated, and I could sing along with many of his songs on the radio, which is more than I can say of most artists. Free Falling is probably my favorite of his songs. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, it, uh, it's... It, that's one of those things like I had forgotten a little while ago that, that Tom Petty did die. And then I saw like some sort of retrospective on the people we lost in 2017. And there he was. Oh my God, I forgot all about it. You know, it just seems unbelievable. And uh, now we only have two Wilburys left. That's, uh, that's, it makes me sad. It makes me sad to think about it. And, but I, I appreciate that uh, Chris and John and Max who gave me their remembrances and helped me uh, put that show together. Regarding pod deal number 51, a hard rain's going to fall. Paul Hicks, one again, says, great episode with an excellent guest. I'm betting Ben will be back. That's right, Paul. 
I wondered if the Brian Ferry cover in 1973 prompted Bob to speed up the performance in any way. Yeah, Bob will often take a cue from other artists. Uh, you know, of course, his original version of All Along the Watchtower is acoustic. And then I think like a month later, Jimi Hendrix did that famous version. That That's the version everybody knows, and it's used in every documentary about the 60s. And ever since then, Bob does All Along the Watchtower electric. He does not – I don't think he's ever done it acoustically since. So, yeah, maybe so. Maybe he heard that Brian Ferry cover and, and incorporated it. Who knows? Bob is a – a multitude of sources, even when it's something being inspired by his own work. Poddell number 52 was about Foot of Pride. Paul Hicks once again. Somebody named Chris. Thank you, Chris. And then Eric Gilliland says, excellent episode. I never engaged with Foot of Pride too much and never realized how dark the lyrics really are. Maybe Bob's bleakest song on what those with power and wealth are capable of doing. Uh, I agree. It's a, it's a grim, dark song, and that's the thing I love about it. It's an extraordinary performance. Another one of those great songs that Bob just left behind. It's amazing. Something that, that great, you could just uh, put it aside and not, not ever get back to it. Regarding Pod Dylan number 53, which is our live in Philadelphia show with Dan Eaker, Chris Franklin says, fun episode, 25 years of concerts together. Wow, that's quite an accomplishment. My concert going has been sporadic over the years. I've seen Bob Seeger, Bob, three times, but that doesn't touch your 22 with Mr. Zimmerman, Rob. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know how often Bobby, Bob Seeger. now we're talking about tours, Chris, but uh, Dylan's always touring, so there's always the, the chance to see him. I mean, if I wanted to, I could have seen him twice in Philadelphia. He did two nights in a row when he was here in November, so I could have, I could have chucked up another appearance if I wanted to. And then Paul Hicks says, what T-shirts do you guys wear to these gigs? And we didn't cover that, and I, I wanted to, because uh, back when Dan Eaker and I saw Dylan in 2001 or two. I bought a, uh, a tour shirt, and on the back, it lists a bunch of tour dates uh, for 2002, I believe, and then it says, um, you know, Bob Dylan on tour, live, 2002, 2003, 2004, dot, 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 and the joke was on the shirt that he'll still be touring two years from then, like the tour just never ends, it's the never-ending tour, and that was kind of the joke of the shirt, you're like, oh yeah, he's touring now, and he'll be touring two years from now, well, that shirt is 15 years old. And I still have it, and here I am wearing it to a Bob Dylan concert in 2017. So that T-shirt was more accurate than they would have ever guessed. So um, that's my one uh, Bob Dylan tour shirt that I still own. I used to have a couple of but I've lost them over, over time. But that one I will never get rid of because it's. I remember buying that shirt and looking at it in Dan's car. And we were reading the back of the shirt and laughing about, you know, oh, God, will Bob Dylan still be touring three years from now? That seems unlikely. Well... 15 years later, he's still touring. And then uh, finally, Pod Dylan number 55, which was Girl from the North Country, where he duetted with Johnny Cash, that I did with John uh, Lamoureux. Uh, we got comments from Ryan Daly, Steve Cronin, Chris Franklin, and David S. Gutierrez, who says, Solid show. I like that there was some debate here. I don't agree with John necessarily, but I think it's good to have someone I consider a civilian in the sense that he's not another superfan. That said, banned from the show. Absolutely. John's not coming back. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, no, it was it was a lot of fun. And it was it was fun to have that kind of debate with someone who's not a super mega fan like I am. But uh, so that that was cool, and I appreciated uh, John doing the show. So uh, I think that is going to kind of cover it for 2017 and Pod Dylan. There are just two more things I want to mention. One is I have to thank the Bob Dylan fan site, Expecting Rain, which is sort of the hub for Bob Dylan, all things Bob Dylan, outside of BobDylan.com, of course. But Expecting Rain, every time I send them a link to a new episode of Pod Dylan, they plug it on their site. 
and uh, that really helps drive up uh, the hits and downloads for the show. And that so that's a big part of sort of the the little bit of marketing I do for my podcasting. Expecting Rain always promotes what I'm doing, and I really appreciate it. Plus, it's just a great site. It's everything you want to possibly learn about Bob on a day-to-day basis. There's stuff there. And then finally, I want to thank everybody who writes in. Pod Dylan doesn't get a lot of comments on the Fire & Water podcast site. I think that probably suggests that there isn't a whole lot of crossover audience between most of the people that come to that site to listen to the other shows or my other shows and Pod Dylan. But I get a lot of emails, a lot of emails. Um, And I get a lot of people who write and say very nice things and, and like want to be on the show, which is great. I love inviting new people on and talking to new people about Bob. So, so like the show comment wise, not very much, but email wise, it's like the heaviest amount of emails I get for any of the shows I do. So I have to assume that again, that's probably a lot of people coming over from expecting rain and listen to the show. And I love the emails. I love hearing from new people. It's great. So just because I didn't read them on the air, I didn't necessarily think any e- private emails I got were for public consumption. But I really thank everybody that takes the time to write me to let me know how much they enjoy Pod Dylan. Um, I'm very kind of nervous doing the show because I, I always want to make sure I'm doing the songs and, and, and the man justice. And, you know, like I said, I can't always speak to some of the more complex parts of the of the work. And uh, sometimes I feel I'm a little, like, unqualified to do it. But there's no other show out there kind of like this. And so I just do the best I can. And when people say they like it or it means a lot to them, that 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 is a great feeling. So, and that's why I keep doing it. That's why I keep looking forward to doing, to doing uh, more episodes of the show. So uh, I guess that's going to do it for, for pod Dylan in 2017. We've had a great year. I have a whole bunch of other shows lined up, a whole bunch of great songs to talk about, some new guests, some old guests returning to be a lot of fun. And uh, who knows what David S. Gutierrez has cooked up for me in, in 2018. So thanks everybody for listening. And like I said, leave comments on the site. Let me know, what you thought about Bob, what you thought about Triplicate, what you thought about uh, Trouble No More. If you saw Bob live, let me know. I want to hear about all that kind of stuff. So I guess that's going to do it for 2017. I wish everybody a happy holiday season and a happy new year, and I certainly wish Bob Dylan a happy new year wherever he is. Thanks so much, Bob. Thank you for everything you've given me. Uh, I'll never be able to pay it back. So uh, we'll see you all in 2018, and until then, bye. Atlantic City by the cruel sea I hear a voice crying, Daddy, I always think it's for me But it's only the silence in the buttermilk hills that calls Every new messenger bring an evil report About armies that are rioting whose fuses are short And them ugly gargoyles and hate words written on walls I don't know, I suppose She had bells in her braids Fire in her clothes But the curtain was rising Like they say, the show must go on And I felt it come over me Some kind of gloom I was gonna say, come on with me I got plenty of room But I knew I'd be lying And besides, she had already gone Them Caribbean winds down blows From Carousel to Mexico From Chinatown to the furnace of desire And then distant ships of liberty On iron waves so bold and free Bringing everything that's near
to the fire. 